Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text for today comes from the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 11 through 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. When the hired hand sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and runs away. That's because he isn't the shepherd. The sheep aren't really his. So the wolf attacks the sheep and scatters them. He's only a hired hand and the sheep don't matter to him. I am the good shepherd. I own my sheep and they know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. I give up my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that don't belong to this sheep pen. I must lead them too. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me. I give up my life so that I can take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I give it up because I want to. I have the right to give it up, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this commandment from my Father. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Julie and Scott are one of our next door neighbors. In the nearly 15 years that Daniel and I have lived at our house, they have had a dog. For many years, it was a mutt by the name of Earl. And then Earl died. He was old, getting up in years. But a short time later, they got a new dog. And her name was Summer. And Summer is a Belgian Shepherd. And if you know anything about this breed, there are actually four distinct types of Belgian Shepherds. Now, Summer's type is a Belgian Malinois, a dog that is a, has short hair, sometimes usually pointed ears, very similar, closely resembles its uh, German Shepherd cousins. In fact, Belgian Shepherds are the second most popular guard dog after the German Shepherd. They are used by militaries and police agencies around the world. So with that background, you probably can guess how Summer acts. She is not the type, if she sees you and you are not part of her family, she is not gonna come and greet you with a smile. No, instead what she does is come up to the fence and bark. She knows that I'm a stranger, that I'm not part of the house. 
And so she must protect Scott and Julie and her son and granddaughter, all the people who make up that household. And as much as I would love that she would come up and want to be petted and everything like that, that's not her nature. She has a job to do. She is a shepherd. And that means that her duty is to keep others safe. So this Sunday, the fourth Sunday in the season of Easter, is commonly called Good Shepherd Sunday. And it is a Sunday where churches will focus on the concept and belief of God as the Good Shepherd. Now, of course, the passage that we know the most familiar to that talks about a Good Shepherd is Psalm 23, where it starts, the Lord is my shepherd. But Today we're going to focus on another passage that is somewhat well known as well, John 10. But the thing is, before you can really understand the text, you have to read the chapter before it, chapter 9. And in that chapter, Jesus encounters a man. It's a man that was born blind. And Jesus restores this man's sight. And the man then encounters the Pharisees, the religious rulers of that time, and he ends up kind of having this running discussion with them. And at some point, this man's parents are brought forward and they are questioned along with the man. And they tell the religious leaders that basically their son is a grown man, so ask whatever you want of him. And they do this because frankly, they're afraid. They know the power of the Pharisees and they know that they have the power of excommunicating them. So they're not going to tempt fate. You know, it's fascinating that people who are supposed to be figures that people look up to, that people find comfort in, can sometimes become figures that inspire fear. And that is what the Pharisees were able to do. Jesus is healing this man. And then for, for a lot of that chapter 9, he basically recedes from the scene until the end. And at that end of chapter 9, Jesus reappears and he speaks to the man who has basically been kicked out of the synagogue. And he irks the Pharisees by saying to the effect that they are also blind. And this was an affront to the Pharisees because they were the ones who studied the law. They knew the law inside and out. They were in that same line of, of priests starting from Moses on down. Who in the world was this commoner to speak, to even question them? And this is where Jesus then starts talking about shepherds. And Jesus, as we know, is all about relationships. And he wants to talk about his relationship to the people and how the Pharisees relate to others. The good shepherd cares for the need of the flock. And the people of Israel had long looked to God as a shepherd. And in fact, they also looked to their leaders as shepherds. And Jesus wanted to establish himself as God's royal leader of the people of Israel to be the good shepherd. 
But he was also denouncing the Pharisees. He compares and contrasts himself opposed to, the, to these religious leaders. He considered he was the good shepherd. He was willing to give up his life for the sheep. And these sheep know the voice of the good shepherd. And Jesus, as a good shepherd, is in relationship with the sheep. And that includes sheep that he says are not even part of his flock. This is very different than the hired hand. The hired hand, Jesus says, doesn't have a relationship with the sheep. This is just the hired hand's job. So when danger appears, the hired hand hits the road, leaving the flock open to attacks by wolves. And at best, Jesus was alluding to the Pharisees that they were hired hands. They were people who saw that their role was a job and not much else. Now Jesus' take on the Pharisees, his criticism, is nothing new. God in the past had spoke angrily of those that did not rule with justice. In Ezekiel 34, God is angry, angrily speaks of the shepherds that don't take their job very seriously. In, in Ezekiel 34, God lays out the charges against the shepherd. In verses 3 through 5, he says, You drink the milk, you wear the wool, and you slaughter the fat animals, but you don't tend the flock. You don't strengthen the weak, heal the sick, bind up the injured, bring back the strays, or seek the lost. But instead, you, force, you use force to rule them with injustice. Without a shepherd, my flock were scattered, and when it was scattered... It became food for the wild animals. And God continues by saying that because they have refused to care for the sheep, they're going to lose their power. Continuing on in Ezekiel 34 in verses 9 and 10, God is castigating the shepherds. So, shepherds, hear the word, Lord's word. The Lord God proclaims, I am against the shepherds. I will hold them accountable for my flock. The shepherds will no longer tend to them because I will rescue my flock from their mouths and they will no longer be their food. So what does this all mean? Well, for starters, we can know that God is our good shepherd. We may have shepherds that don't care for us, that are only interested in themselves, but we know that this shepherd does care for us. Every Sunday, we are reminded that God, it was God and Jesus who was the good shepherd that was willing to give up his life for the sheep. And we can take comfort in knowing that we have this good shepherd that wants the best for us and watches over us. But this also means something about for us as well. When Jesus was challenging the Pharisees, he said that they were bad shepherds. So we know that humans can be shepherds as well. And we, 
as followers of Jesus Christ, are also sheep, but also shepherds that care for flocks. And do we have a heart for the flock? Especially those sheep that are not part of the flock. The people from backgrounds who are so vastly different from us. Are we willing to follow the good shepherd in giving our lives for these sheep? Or are we like those shepherds in Ezekiel? The ones that take advantage of the flock. The ones that God finally decides to say, you're fired. As we are preparing to enter this building again, we have to ask ourselves as a congregation, how do we tend to the sheep, the people that are in our midst? Do we have a relationship with them? Do we have a relationship with those people in communities where we live and also in the community where the church is located? How can we be shepherds that cares for those in need, like the man born blind. Like I said earlier, I would love if Summer the dog were the type of dog that I could pet and that she would love to be petted. But that's not Summer. Summer's job is to guard and to protect. She is to care for those in her stead. She's doing her job. Now our job is to go out into the world and make disciples. How are we doing? Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L.org. May God be with you in the coming week.